This podcast covers mature, intense, morbid, and sometimes just scary stuff. Listener discretion is advised. Are aliens living among us? And are they the ones who should be afraid? Welcome to 30 Morbid Minutes. This is the podcast where we explore topics of a morbid, macabre, dark, and downright grisly nature, and sometimes topics that are just out of this world. <laughs> I'm Elise Willems. I'm Jessica Vasami. Jessica, this is a huge day for us. It really is. We've been wanting to do this for so long. Yeah. Do you want to tell everyone the circumstances around this Aliens episode? Oh my God. Like, when did we, I think we brought up Aliens back in season one, right? Yes. And you, you're obsessed. Well, Aliens, is fa- they're fascinating. Is that a fair assessment to say? I... I don't know if I would say that I am obsessed with like the being of them or like what I think that they look like. It's just the mere fact that I think it's obvious at this point that there there are aliens out there. Yeah. Is it that we're not alone? (laughs) We are absolutely not alone. The truth is out there. Absolutely. I don't know if the truth is in this podcast today, to be honest with you. (laughs) That is true. I don't know if it's there's so much research, so much to yes. dig into. Oh, there's, I mean, there, and there's so many opposing sides and mm-hmm. there's so much false information mm-hmm. and scamming and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. I feel like there's so many alien shows where you're like, this is more fiction than science fiction. Absolutely. But yep. it's still so fun to talk about. It sure is. And we kind of had a field day on uh, this past year. I think a lot of us did, July 26th, 2023, Mm -hmm. because we were all glued to our computers and we weren't working on this podcast (laughs) (laughs) for a different reason. (laughs) We were glued to our computers that day. Oh, yeah. Um, We were watching three people testify in front of the U.S. House National Security Oversight Subcommittee. Yeah. And these three people were three former members of the UAP task force, which is the uh, unidentified anomalous phenomena task force. They were testifying that to their knowledge, the United States government has evidence of UFOs in their possession. And that despite it being the job of these three men who were testifying to investigate that, they were denied access to this information. Which is very interesting. So when we did hear of this information, there was a bunch of memes that came out on the internet (laughs) afterwards where people were like, yeah, we know. We're not surprised. Yeah. I think that's the thing with the U.S. government is a lot of people are like, oh, the government has secrets and things they're keeping from us. Yeah. Okay. For sure. For sure. But kind of their MO. I think it's just funny with the aliens specifically. It's like, we all know. Like we've been, we've known for years, ever since rumors about Area 51, everyone, we just weren't surprised. Well, I guess we were kind of like, it's nice to know that there's evidence and we are actively looking into this, I guess. But like we knew, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the <laughs> government is a, is a deep well of confidential information. I, I love whenever things kind of get unsealed, you know, the statute of time passes and it's like, well, we're opening up these documents. It's yeah. always a thrilling time on the internet when sure. that happens. Sure is. Two of the whistleblowers were former pilots, and the third, the star witness, was retired Major General David Grush. This guy was kind of like their ringleader. Like if they were in an 80s movie, he'd be like the main bully and the other two would be like his cronies. (laughs) In his opening statement, Grush listed all his credentials, most notably serving as an intelligence officer for 14 years in the U.S. Air Force. 
Grush claims that the U.S. intelligence agencies are currently operating a highly secretive UFO retrieval program, and they don't want to tell any of us about it. Prior to the testimony, he had told multiple media outlets, as well as the U.S. House of Representatives, that the United States government was in possession of a non-human spacecraft. Yeah, so something we didn't make. Grush said that he personally saw documents indicating that Italian dictator Benito Mussolini and his government had obtained a spacecraft back in 1933. Allegedly, the Vatican and the Five Eyes, which is the intelligence uh, alliance between the U.S., U.K., Canada, Australia, and New Zealand, helped the U.S. acquire the UFO in 1944 or 1945 from the Italian government. Which I need to look more into this Five Eyes thing, because what a name if you want like a secret intelligence agency or an, an agency that's handling sensitive and confidential things. What a name to call it that would just invoke so much questioning like the five eyes yeah f- the five guys burger joint is kind of like the front <laughs> of it you know <laughs> just that might be the best joke you've ever made on, on this the five like you go to a five guys burgers you go into the back you press a button on the, the the oven back there and a secret door opens up that leads you to a subterranean lair you know, that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying oh. God. God. Um, So Grush, the main guy, he also says there isn't just one UFO, okay? The U.S. government has multiple spacecraft in their possession, along with corpses of the dead alien pilots that were flying them. Ooh, I'm getting excited. Okay. Oh, gosh. I I wish the U.S. government would keep this stuff secret, only so Jessica can't learn about it. (laughs) I I want to be the one to discover all of this. Detrimental to our friendship. Ugh. Uh, Grush said he was shown all of this by people who were working on the inside, on the project. He also claimed to have interviewed 40 witnesses over four years who all said the same thing. On June 7th, 2023, he was talking to the French newspaper La Parisian, which reported that U.S. military officials described having football field-sized crafts in their possession. Grush also said that the U.S. had transferred some of the crash UFOs to a defense contractor and that there was a malevolent activity by alien life. Yes, the people on the inside told Grush that the U.S. also has non-human biological matter. So uh, this wording means like they've got a living entity or dead entity that is not human. He also said that aliens could be coming from an extra dimension. See, I love this. I get chills when I hear about that we have like non-human biological matter. Like that's... Well, okay. Just cool your jets for a second here, sis, (laughs) because this is all grudge saying this. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just like... What is it? Biden hasn't come forward and said, hey, we've got it, you know? Because everything Biden says is true. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, but Grush, Grush is saying, yes, the people told him this. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this does sound like a game of telephone with Grush, but we'll get to that. Among his more sinister claims, Grush testified that murders were committed in the effort to cover up the secretive UAP program. And if he was going to say anything more on the matter to anyone about his knowledge of extraterrestrial technology, he would only do so in an SCIF, a sensitive compartmented information facility. And this was something that kept coming up in the hearing if you were watching it, was like AOC would ask him a question and he would kind of be like, um, I I will talk about that in this forum, mm-hmm. this particular forum. My living like, room. Dude, just say it now. <laughs> but why why did he do that, Jess? 
Well, because he, I mean, yeah, he fears for his life, which, and I, I totally get it. And since coming forward has been continuously harassed by government officials. Like I, the the entire time watching it, I'm like, he's in trouble. He's in trouble. (laughs) I kept thinking he's going to be in big trouble. Yeah. I was like, you in danger, girl. (laughs) It was fascinating uh, watching this happen. I was so into it. Mm -hmm. And seeing political figures that we know asking questions about aliens was so weird too. Like it was like a scene from a movie. It was bizarre. You know, Uh, AOC, um, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, as we know, a representative for New York's 14th uh, 14th Congressional District. She was in there asking all these questions about aliens. Yeah, it was it was great. It was really just like stars. They're just like us. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, are we really talking about this right now? Like in a government setting? Okay, Mm -hmm. like where serious things happen. But anyway, during the testimony, when Grush and the others said that they knew the location of where the extraterrestrial life is being kept. And AOC asked him, if you were me, where would you look? She gets right to the point. I love it. Yeah, he told her he'd be happy to tell her where. But again, in this SCIF scenario, and okay, and this is where like you have to kind of question his validity here because things get sticky. His level of security clearance doesn't allow him to access like access to an SCIF. So it's like weird because he's like, ask me in this scenario. Oh, but you can't actually ask me. Yeah, he can't tell where the aliens are because of a technicality, even though he knows an exact location. Yeah, it's kind of, to me, that's where, me the skeptic, Mm -hmm. that's where it gets a little bit dicey. Mm -hmm. But he stuck to his story and is still sticking to it. On August 3rd, 2023, he went on BBC Radio 4 with his lawyer and a former intelligence community inspector general. He repeated his claims of the multi-decade cover-up and said that Congress needs to know this information in order to probably balance out the executive branch. And remember, this branch, a.k.a. the president, controls the intelligence community, who in turn controls information about alleged malevolent alien technologies. I, I, If you tell me Obama knows about aliens, I'm like, tell us now, dude. Yeah. (laughs) Come on. I know. Why are you keeping this from us? Uh. Oh, God. Your At least chaos. tell Michelle and Michelle let us know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Republicans and Democrats found Grush claims credible enough to take action. So in a rare bipartisan agreement, they ordered a select committee with subpoena power, meaning they can get any info that they want. I'm surprised you didn't giggle at subpoena. Subpoena. <laughs> Defense Department spokeswoman Suzanne Goh made a statement after the hearing that there was no evidence pointing to government secrets. Okay about extraterrestrial life, either in the past or in the present. So I like the wording of this too, because she's saying there's no evidence. And it's like, Mm. okay, but Mm. like, what do you consider evidence? True. Valid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Marina Corin wrote in The Atlantic on August 7th, 2023, quote, so far, the best evidence that Grush has come up with, besides his own word, is the government's denial. Yeah. That's that's kind of it. He's kind of saying, like, you must know something. Like, there's mm-hmm. no way they don't know something. Mm-hmm. Corin pointed out that Grush's testimony fits into a long pattern of just barely verifiable claims, though he's far from the first government official to come forward with information about secretive UFO programs. And just like we keep saying UFO because we know what that is, but the government has started calling unidentified flying objects UAP. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. A so-called UAP is the formal government name for objects previously known as UFOs. A UAP describes any unknown object in the air, space, or water. 
Yeah, it was also once an identified aerial phenomena, mm-hmm. but the Pentagon changed the name to account for submerged and transmedium objects. Transmedium objects are able to cross space and atmosphere. It's like, to me, the fact that like, you're saying like, we need to change this name yep. so we can include. <laughs> yep. It's like, if you, if you, if there weren't aliens out there. Yep. And there, if there weren't things able to cross space and atmosphere, you wouldn't have to change the name. A hundred percent. That's exactly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. Like you played yourself. Yeah. Pentagon. Uh-huh. Okay. So yeah, hundreds of Air Force pilots have shared stories of suspicious unidentified aircrafts in the sky. Thus far, none have panned out as credible though. Yeah. And during that hearing, Mark Rubio was like, so many people have come forward with the same information. There has to be something to go on. Do you believe Jess? I mean, we talked about it a little bit at the top of the show, but you think that there's life out there beyond ours, right? I, in like, there's a part of me, and this is no offense to those that feel differently, but the cosmos is absolutely humongous to the point where we can't even comprehend this. For us to think that we are the only living species thing out there is insane to me and is kind of naive in a way just to think that there is no other form of life. A little arrogant too. Uh, yeah. I'm like- Self-involved. It's so interesting. Like th- that I it is. It's just like, oh, we're the only ones, us humans. I'm like, have you looked at, do you understand how large the cosmos is and how many galaxies and planets and suns and stars are out there? And you think that this, is, we are it? Are you like- we just happen to be in the Goldilocks zone. And so, yes, life is be able to... You don't think that that's somewhere else? It might not look like humans, but there's something yeah. else. It might be some some variant. I, I also think, like, when you think about religion, the existence of aliens makes things very sticky. Because yes. if humanity is this perfect being created in God's image as religion purports, and then you tell us, oh, no, there's a different type of species out there that uh, is is intelligent life. Like, are they also made by the God? Like, it, it, there's just so many reasons why I think also, like, people would want to discount the idea, you know? Yeah, and t- talking to a few of my uh, friends who are religious when it comes to aliens and just other forms of life, I don't know if this is just a different way of thinking of th- that they're growing and changing or it has always been this way, but they also attribute like, well, yes, God created all of it. God created the heavens and the earth and the universe and everything that goes along with it. So, you know, yeah. I don't know. Or, it, or if you meet like an alien species that believes in another God that created them, mm-hmm. like does that, you know, in your, you have a monotheistic belief, like how does that affect you? Like I, it's so, it's so layered and so it interesting. Is. It is. I don't yeah. know if I necessarily... You know, we see things in in movies and TV of like this gray thing with big eyes or green. I don't know if I believe in any of that because that's that's what we're kind of getting into today is, is there actual credible evidence? But as far as the question is, do I believe there is other life out there? Yes. Yes. And the universe is very big. Statistically, you would think with how huge the universe is that alien life has to be out there somewhere with billions mm-hmm. of stars, you know, it just, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And if Earth-like planets do exist out there, um, some may be more or less hospitable than ours, 
I think it is not out of the question that some have developed intelligent life or will maybe maybe we are the first and there will be intelligent life to come. Like that's something I think we don't consider too. Mm-hmm. The galaxy is just huge. It is. This galaxy too. The, yes. Our galaxy, there's other galaxies. Like, I yeah. mean, we are next to our neighbors Andromeda. Like what's going on over there? You know, we are. those are our neighbors. They should invite us for a cookout. You know? I think the adage goes that if you are neighbors in Andromeda. <laughs> um, it is. That's the galaxy next to us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> next to the Milky Way. Um, also, I think the adage is that the amount of the, you know, the universe that we've explored, if you took a glass of water from the ocean, that's what we've explored. <laughs> my God. See, that's the stuff that like blows my brain. It really does. Also presupposing that this intelligent life developed eons before we showed up, maybe there's also a chance that those civilizations made advancements in interstellar travel, just like we're trying to make. We should make a second podcast called This Intelligent Life, which is a play on this American life. And we invite aliens to come on and tell their stories. We're like, it's okay. We're, it's a safe This is a safe place. space. A safe yep. space for you. Yep. If we're operating in this realm of thought that Jess is talking about, then why isn't there hard, widely known evidence of these ETs visiting Earth and making contact? Yeah, we're essentially describing one of the most popular theories out there about alien visitors, and it's called the Fermi Paradox. It was named after Enrico Fermi, a (laughs) physicist known as the architect of the atomic bomb due to his work on the Manhattan Project. It highlights the discrepancy between the lack of evidence of alien life and the high likelihood that they do exist. So how did this paradox come to be? Where did it sort of get conjured from, Jess? Well, one afternoon in 1950, while having lunch with friends at Los Alamos Lab in New Mexico, you know, the place where the movie Oppenheimer Mm -hmm. uh, took place, Fermi suddenly yelled out, where is everybody? (laughs) And all his like scientist buddies at the table, they all burst out into laughter because they're like, okay, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, but apparently it it was not because of Fermi's random outbursts. It was because everybody at the table immediately knew he was talking about aliens. Yeah, they're all on the same wavelength. Um, Fermi was not the first to question where the heck the aliens were, though. In 1933, Konstantin Selkovsky, a Russian rocket scientist, wrote about it. He firmly believed that the general population was in denial about the existence of aliens because if they did exist, they'd surely tell us, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And that infamous day that Fermi was having lunch with the other nerds, I mean, the other, you know, famous scientists, (laughs) really lit a fire in them, especially in Herbert York, who started doing his own research in 1984, calculating the rise and duration of technology, the likelihood of human life, the probability of Earth-like planets and so on. He concluded that we ought to have been visited by aliens long ago and many times. Mm, that is something I, I do give much thought to, especially watching like documentaries on um, the Aztecs, the pyramids, mm-hmm. all that. You're just like, huh, interesting. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Silkovsky, on the other hand, thought that humans were not ready to be contacted by intelligent life. So, for example, perhaps aliens were waiting until humans passed certain technological or ethical standards which this led to the zoo hypothesis. Yeah, it's kind of like a snubbing your nose up (laughs) hypothesis Mm -hmm. too. But the zoo hypothesis explains that alien life is intentionally avoiding communication with Earth to allow for evolution to take place and to avoid interplanetary contamination. So basically we are a disease (laughs) to them. (laughs) And they're watching us and they're like, we're going to see how this pans out. We're such a liability. Yeah. 
Aliens are observing us like we observe animals at at the zoo. So we're beneath them, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, Yep. (laughs) A variant of the zoo hypothesis is the laboratory hypothesis that humans are subject to experiments and Earth is just the giant lab. Yeah. And I think that this sort of ties into our Mandela effect episode a little bit. If you think about it, like the idea that that there is some creator that um, is controlling us and then we see those blips in them in uh, our world, the in our memories and stuff, because they're changing things in the experiment. Mm-hmm. Mandela effect could mm-hmm. be aliens. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but maybe it's even simpler than that. Maybe they just don't want to flip and talk to us. They don't want <laughs> us to know they exist. They've looked at us. They've seen how cruel we can be to each other, how dumb we are. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, my biggest thing is how dumb we are. Yeah. And they're like, we don't want any part of this. Yeah. Like, have you seen Arrival? Yes, yes. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. they came to us. Yeah. yeah, well. They're like, no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe communication with humans and broadcasting your existence is just too dangerous, which this concept is actually known as the dark forest theory. My fave, the dark forest theory is based on the idea that it is the nature of intelligent life to destroy others. Therefore, human beings could be a threat or maybe other alien species out there. Herbert York, that scientist who is really into Fermi's work, uh, he posited that humans have probably been visited many times throughout history, as as we mentioned before. And if this is true, it is likely that the first communications went so bad that they eventually were just like, we're not talking to them. They stopped contacting us. Yeah, I feel like we as humans, and I know it's our instincts to survive, but like we just greet everything with like aggression and guns and bombs Mm -hmm. and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But Grush, the the main guy from the congressional testimony, complained uh, claimed that the U.S. government has dead alien UFO pilots. So if that is true, that the U.S. government is killing aliens, harvesting their technologies, and selling them to de- to defense contractors, then this would surely raise a very big flag to foreign life. Yes, and. You know, yeah. I mean, it doesn't sound wrong, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the Dark Forest theory also gained a lot of traction when it was included in Lucian's novel, The Dark Forest, the second in the Three Body Problem trilogy. Basically, he says even if a species isn't initially violent, conflict could eventually erupt as a growing galactic population puts strain on communal resources. So, like, even if we talk to the aliens at first, things might be okay, but then we would probably start to expand into the galaxy thanks to their knowledge or whatever. And maybe like things start to get a little bit rough and dicey later in our relationship. There's a famous passage from the book that reads such as, quote, the universe is a dark forest. Every civilization is an armed hunter stalking through the trees like a ghost, gently pushing aside branches that block the path and trying to tread without sound. Even breathing is done with care. The hunter has to be careful because everywhere in the forest are stealthy hunters like him. If he finds other life, another hunter, an angel or a demon, a delicate infant or a tottering old man, a fairy or a demigod, there's only one thing that he can do. Open fire and eliminate them. Absolutely metal. Yeah. I mean, it's eat or be eaten, right? It's like, I feel like it's the base human response. Yep. It's hard to shop her presents, Jessica. Okay. It really is. Like, what do you get the people who have everything? You get the memories. 
Jessica. Memories. Uh, and a good one is a digital picture frame from Aura Frames. It is thoughtful, meaningful, and pretty much perfect for, for everybody, especially for those that have everything. I really can't think of anyone who this frame would not be optimal for. And I, I mean that unless you are like a baby who's ocular... <laughs> You know, awareness has not formed yet. Even I would even get my dog an aura frame and then be like, look here, I'm put all these pictures of us on here. You can look at this all day. (laughs) It sounds like I'm joking. I am not because everyone in my life is slowly and slowly getting aura frames for me. Um, Oh, really? That's nice. Yeah. They're so wonderful. I mean, even just like being at home and looking over to your aura frame and seeing this carousel of photos of great memories is such a nice thing to have in your home, Jess. Like I know you love yours, right? I do. And it's really, it really is good for every occasion. So like I, I, uh, have one really enjoyed it. And then this past April, my sister had a housewarming party because she just moved into a new home. And I was like, this is the perfect thing to get her, uh, gave it to her. Next time I came over back in June, it was on her mantelpiece and, mm-hmm. uh, and she had it up and ready and it's just, I don't know. It's, it's yeah. fit for any time. It's so easy. Like it, you pick one of the frames, they have beautiful finishes. Mm-hmm. You set it up in minutes, you download the aura app, you put it on Wi-Fi. boom, boom. You're uploading, sharing your favorite photos. It has unlimited storage. It's super secure. So nobody's seeing your photos, but you and whoever, you know, you want to see them. I love it. It's so cozy and comforting to have. It really is. It really yeah. is. And through Cyber Monday, listeners can save on the perfect gift, and this is their best deal of the year. So get yours now. Visit AuraFrames.com and get $40 off their best-selling Carver matte frame with the code 30MM. That's A-U-R-A frames.com with the promo code 30MM. Terms and conditions apply. Elise, we are deep into cozy season. We were just talking about how all we want to do is cozy up on a couch together, eat packaged salad and chicken noodle (laughs) soup. (laughs) Um, I know. But when I think of cozy season, and I have to say, I think of MeUndies season, okay? Well, yes, seriously. MeUndies has the softest, most breathable underwear and loungewear that I've ever had. And, you know, we've had a lot of rough underwear, (laughs) so (laughs) we know it, okay, guys? MeUndies, though, the opposite. They've got a little something for everyone. They've got classic solids, fun seasonal prints, modern geometric patterns. They've got a whole range of different cuts, too. (laughs) Yes. I mean, there's something for everyone for MeUndies, you know? And they're not just underwear, right, Jess? No, no, no. MeUndies has all kinds of, like, there's loungewear, joggers, hoodies, and even onesies. Talking about, you know, the holiday season. I love a good onesie Mm -hmm. onesie for Christmas. Oh, yeah. And they all feel like a warm hug thanks to MeUndies Tense Micro Modal Fabric. Yes, they are made with responsibly sourced materials, and they're covered in fun prints. Like, you can get your basics here. You know, you can get your nude color, your blacks, but you can also get fun patterns and prints and characters and stuff on them. It's a blast. It's a blast to wear underwear thanks to me undies. And I will say I have some of just like kind of the basic black because that's usually like I'm I like going for like those neutrals. And they're so soft, Jess. Like I can't get over it. I can't get over what I'm putting on my body. <laughs> I no, I know. I have um one of my favorites. I actually just wore them the other day. Uh, I don't know the exact name for them on the site, but they're the <laughs> they look like the Lucky Charms underwear. So it's just like a <laughs> pot of gold with a rainbow. And I feel really cute wearing them around. Oh, yeah, and sometimes it so encourages cute. me to walk around my house without pants on, which is also okay. Which is thanks to me undies. Okay. <laughs> They're doing undies. us a service here. All right. <laughs> 
So to get 25% off your first order plus free shipping, go to MeUndies.com slash 30MM. That's MeUndies.com slash 30MM for 25% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. This isn't the only place, though, that a theory like this has cropped up. There is a documentary from 2017 called Cielo that's a love letter to the Atacama Desert, a desert plateau on the Pacific coast of South America in Chile. According to the docs, some tribes that live in the Atacama Desert believe aliens have touched down on Earth but haven't returned because they identified humans as being too violent. What's even more interesting is how this desert floor of all the deserts on Earth it, it really, really closely resembles the surface of Mars. Maybe, I mean, not in a direct sense, but like if you compare them all, there's virtually no cloud cover. So it's a hotbed for observing astrological activity. In Atacama, belief in alien life is very strong. And there was even a rumor of an alien skeleton found there wrapped in cloth. It had a long forehead and a very tiny body. The little alien was passed along on the black market for decades until 2018 when scientists determined it was the skeleton of a person with a rare form of dwarfism. Yeah, and this is not uh, an uncommon thing to see, especially in the U.S. too. When I was driving from L.A. to Austin, there was a stop, um, you know, in the middle of nowhere where they're like, come see the alien. There was an attraction for this place. And I Googled it and it's like, oh, it's actually someone's mummified remains, like an indigenous person that they put on display here, yeah, uh, calling it an alien. And it's like pretty morbid and cruel. It is. This is all to say that a large portion of the dark forest theory focuses on the nature of intelligent life to destroy others. One way aliens could keep a safe distance while making contact with Earth is through self-replicating probes, aka a von Neumann probe, named after the mathematician John von Neumann, who came up with this specific concept. Yeah, and it's super fascinating. A von Neumann probe is basically a device that can easily make copies of itself to enable further interstellar exploration. So you scientists would make a probe out of elements that are readily available out in space. So taking dirt or moon dust or part of like an asteroid, and then that probe then has the ability to land on unexplored planets and then it can then find and use the same materials it's made of to then build more copies of itself, which it then sends off to other planets to keep exploring and replicating. So it's like a pyramid scheme, <laughs> but of probes. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like that. No, that's fa freaking fascinating. Yeah, it's so cool. Such a cool concept. I mean, I feel like you'd have to really understand how to take these crude elements and make some a sophisticated technology with them. But it's yeah. so cool in theory. Yeah, in 1981, cosmologist and physicist Frank Tipler argued that extraterrestrial life didn't exist because proof of probes had not been observed. Statistically, we should have seen them by now due to the rate of replication throughout history, though. Yeah, but if you asked Grush uh, or someone like him, they'd probably say, hey, don't blame the evidence, man. <laughs> the government's hiding it, okay? That's why we don't have the evidence, you know, or maybe it's even bigger than us. When, you know, that's, of course, talking about parallel universes. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. Uh, according to a new study in 2022, there is a decent chance that alien life exists in a parallel universe, even if that universe uh, was torn apart by dark energy. Yes, because the nature of dark energy is to fling matter apart. It's mm -hmm. basically the opposite of gravity. 
So the research presupposes that even in universes with 300 times as much dark energy as ours, life will find a way. So in the dinosaur universe, you know, I was I was, I was just thinking of Jurassic yeah. Park. I was just <laughs> yes, life always finds a way. Intelligent life, like us humans, has the ability to overcome, whether it's like scarcity or other threats. Life has a tendency to colonize, spread, and take over. Yes, life is a disease. <laughs> yes, um, we are the disease. If alien life also has this tendency, it seems possible that alien civilizations would seek out other planets to gain new resources. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. Yeah. Statistically, if there are aliens out there, then yes, the Milky Way should be colonized with aliens by now, if that is their MO. But some theorize that just because humans would want to get out there and colonize the universe doesn't mean that it's the norm with other species. Like, we could just be, like, yeah. the ones that are yeah. just pure destruction. We take everything and, mm-hmm. like— I still think they're ignoring us. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. I think, they, I think they were just dumb to them. <laughs> I think they saw what was happening here and they were like, no thanks. Oh, yeah. But this all leads us to our next theory, which is kind of a spooky one. And maybe you've heard of it. It's the Great Filter Theory. It's real heady, so bear with us. The Great Filter Theory suggests through the observation of technosignatures that humans never made it past the stage of life we are in now. So again, this is playing with time and space and it's it's a... Bit of a mind F This here. gives me chills. I love it. Yeah. I love it. According to the Great Filter, there are nine steps in the evolutionary path that takes us to colonization of the universe. Number one, the right star system, including organics and potentially habitable planets. Two, reproductive molecules, for example, RNA. Three, simple single cell life. Four, complex single cell life. Five, sexual reproduction. Six, multi-cell life. Seven, tool-using animals with intelligence. And eight, and then being a civilization advancing towards the potential for a colonization explosion, essentially where we are right now. Yeah, so basically this guides us through like the Big Bang, the primordial ooze phase to us, you know, becoming walking upright creatures and then reproducing and then developing intelligence and using tools. And then now we're like, we're looking to the stars. Yeah. We've been to the moon. We've been to space. Yeah. And the ninth phase of this is actual space colonization. According to the Great Filter Hypothesis, if this list were complete and we still haven't contacted aliens, then one of the nine evolutionary paths must not have really happened. That's so spooky. Uh. Yeah. So maybe Uh. there's a possibility that we as a species like don't make it past our current evolutionary phase. And a specific formulation known as the Berserker hypothesis, there's actually a filter between stages eight and nine, which is literally where we are now in human evolution. Uh, We're there. I know. I'm like, ooh, chills. This filter between us exploring space and colonizing space is where all human civilization is destroyed. The Great Filter suggests if we haven't been contacted by aliens now, it's because in the future, spoiler, we don't exist. See, this is... I mean, we're recording this. What's today's date? October 26th. Yeah. There's a lot of shit going on right now. And, you know, I can't help but think like I even I'm not kidding. After everything that's been going on, I like spoke up to the universe. I was like, God, universe, aliens, if you're out there, we need help. If you wouldn't mind coming. (laughs) I'm not kidding. I was like, if you wouldn't mind coming down now and helping us a bit, that would be really great. 
yeah, just give us some advice. Just anything. You know? Just mm-hmm. please. Um, well, anyway, um, yeah. if other intelligent life <laughs> out there has a similar evolutionary pathway as humans, then it's likely they didn't make it to space colonization before going extinct either. Yeah, everything has to go just right. The most likely reasons cited as keeping humans from step nine are a possible catastrophe, um, which, like Jess was saying, might be inevitable. Yep. How lazy humans become due to technology. So this is kind of making me think of Wally, mm-hmm. uh, where everyone just kind of destroys the planet and then we're on a ship in you know the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and we don't have bones anymore. Nope. Or, and another likely depressing one, overconsumption of resources that leads to extinction. These are all big uh-ohs. They really and are. <laughs> hit too close to home. Yeah. In the Berserker hypothesis, each civilization is destroyed by a lethal von Neumann replication probe created by a more advanced civilization. <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah. Man, all I just picture is like a little probe made of rocks, like yeah. rolling onto our planet and then just blowing the whole yeah. thing up. So we're talking about aliens, but this is the morbid part of this podcast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, fingers crossed, you know, this doesn't happen. Back to colonization, though, it would only take 5 million to 50 million years to colonize the entire galaxy, even if aliens were slow to find us. Slow meaning the planets are in reach of Earth technology. The Earth is only like 4.54 billion years old, so maybe they haven't made it to us yet. Yet. Yeah, we're kind of a newer species in the grand scheme of things. So it's possible that we just haven't existed long enough to be able to be contacted by aliens, which that that's kind of how I think about stuff a little bit. I'm like, time, time is a flat circle, Jessica. It really is. And, you know, maybe like, maybe we're one of the newer species. Like maybe mm-hmm. the aliens are still living in the primordial ooze. They just haven't become intelligent life yet. Yeah. You yeah. know? Our ability to detect intelligent life has only been around for a very brief time since 1937 when the radio telescope was invented. Not even a hundred years. We're just a blip in the cosmic timeline. Yeah. (laughs) There is a high chance that humans have not listened properly or for long enough. You know, maybe we just haven't had our ear to the ground. Sure. Intelligent life also may be too far away, hidden from view. Aliens could also be unseeable to humans. I think about this a lot. Like Grush said himself that aliens could be coming from another dimension. Like if you see, you know, you're sitting in your room and like something gets knocked over or it's like it could be another dimension or there's an alien sitting in the room right now. I just can't see him because it's in another dimension that I can't see. Yeah, this suggests that there's like a supernatural plane that's different from ours that aliens exist on. So they would be essentially like spirits. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I keep thinking about Interstellar. and I know, me too. You know, and, and McConaughey going to that, was it the fifth dimension where he's behind the bookcase? I'm like, what? I mean, and I also just keep thinking about the way that time exists. Yes. And does not manifest in a straight line. It absolutely does um, not. The whole theory and, of relativity yeah. is just yes. like, Ben, yeah, yeah no, we uh, can get into uh, this. But, but <laughs> yeah, but there's, there's more to what I just mentioned about the supernatural plane, right? No, yeah. On July 4th, 1947, occultist and early researcher of ufology, Mead Lane, claimed that he was in telepathic communication with people in the saucers, stating, <laughs> sorry, it's funny to me, Yeah, stating it is possible for objects to pass from an etheric to a dense level of matter and will then appear to materialize. 
Yeah. So I guess like something is just floating in the ether and then it goes through this filter of dense matter and then it can become like a fully fleshed out, um, like real thing, I think is what he's trying to, to get for in my I'm in layman's terms it in my simple brain yes 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 lane also claimed these visitors are not excarnate humans meaning they have human flesh lane said that the extraterrestrial visit lane said that the extra lane said that the et visitors are human beings living in their own world and they come with good intent that the aliens are experimenting with life on earth Gross said the same thing. During his testimony, he claimed it could be that this is not necessarily uh, extraterrestrial and it's actually coming from a higher dimensional physical space that might be co-located right here. Two years before his testimony, the Pentagon released 144 reports of UAPs and publicly acknowledged that UFOs may exist. In the reports, unusual flight characteristics of UAPs baffled investigators. Some UAPs remained perfectly in place even when the wind was strong. Some moved at a rapid speed with no apparent engines. So they released all this. Mm -hmm. But then still, the Pentagon lambasted Grush's testimony, calling it insulting. And like we said, since he came forward, there have been lots of attempts to discredit him. The intelligence community leaked his medical records to the public, revealing he struggled with depression, PTSD after serving in Afghanistan, and previous substance abuse. Of course, they're yes. going to go after all yeah, this. I mean, yeah. I get it, but, you know. But then it's so weird because on August 31st, 2023, the Pentagon then created this one-stop shop for public UFO information. It's so weird. Mm -hmm. They made this website and it just has a few videos labeled unclassified or unresolved along with some sections simply labeled coming soon. So it's like so strange because they're they're in one breath discrediting this and then they're like, P.S. We have our own website. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. We just want the hits. Totally, know? totally. And the website is meant to keep the public informed on investigations into UAPs, a good first step, but I still can't help but feel like the public is not getting the full picture. Honestly, though, I will take any evidence that we can get. I also think it's like a... Um, not like a cover-up, but it's just like, okay, yeah, there's been so much kind of weird stuff that has come out. We've had to respond to it. And like, yeah, we'll put a little something up, but we're not ever going to have physical, firm evidence of this. So we'll just kind of put it up just to like keep you guys at bay. Yeah, I wouldn't say that I'm like a government conspiracy theorist by any means, but I do think like, obviously there are things that have to keep a population controlled and subdued. And mm -hmm. like- there's so much information about certain things that would just have people like rioting in the streets. A hundred percent. Yes. So they made this website, this public website. Um, and then the public put together that a staggering 1,923 reports of UFO sightings have been reported over the state of Maryland, specifically Maryland, since the early 2000s. Yeah, Maryland ranks 25th and having the highest number of UFO sightings in the U.S. since data collection started in 1946, one year after the U.S. is said to have gotten the UFO from Italy. Hmm. And then California, number one, baby. Highest <laughs> in the U.S. with 16,084 reported sightings, showing a huge growth in sightings over the last 10 years, may I say. Um, Jess, if nothing's going to get you to move out here, will this? Yeah. I'll do it. I'll stay with you. I'll stand on your roof. You'll be- We'll go hunting. Yeah, you'll be like trying to sleep and I'm like, bing, bang, bang on top of the roof, walking around, just keeping <laughs> you guys up. What is she doing on the roof? Looking for aliens. 
We should make an alien show. It's called Alien, like Alien Hunters or something. Okay. And probably already exists, but. Yep. And it's you and me driving around California, the most beautiful spots, the the deserts, the mountains, the forests, Mm -hmm. the beaches. Mm -hmm. And it's always, it always starts from a place of we're looking for aliens. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, but then it just devolves into like a beautiful, you know, us having the most uh, cerebral conversations as we sit on a beach looking at the stars <laughs> sort of thing like it's never it's all it's it's not about the aliens man okay it's about friendship I was about to say it's about our friendship a hundred percent and then yeah. last episode uh an alien pops out and scares shit out of us yeah but then hey it's just another new friend man hey third wheel always the best yeah and uh you know to wrap things up it's been suggested that the existence of an extraterrestrial radio signal or technology is the most highly secret information to possibly exist, right? Of, of anything that could exist and be secretive. So it's no wonder that the government would want to keep this tight-lipped, right? Do you think that we will see aliens in our lifetime? Um, I don't know. I don't know if we will or if have concrete evidence. I feel like cell phones are a big thing that um, Mm. actually makes it a lot harder to hide evidence because the average person can just kind of like document things. But I also think with our technology, it makes it a lot easier to doctor things. Yeah. So who knows what is true and what is not? Yep. We maybe have bigger problems to worry about as humans that we are creating amongst ourselves. Like you kind of touched on it, Jess. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, let's close out this episode with a nice warning from our good friend, (laughs) Fermi. Yes. To quote him, the history of science and technology has consistently taught us that scientific advances in basic understanding have sooner or later led to technical and industrial advances that have revolutionized our way of life. What is less certain and what we all fervently hope is that man will soon grow sufficiently adult to make good use of the powers that he acquires over nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically like we gain these new technologies, we gain this new knowledge, and it's up to us whether we use it to be destructive or not. And I think that's a big, that's a big concern. It is a very, very big concern. It is mm-hmm. just, I don't know if it's just, the way that we were made from yeah. this planet that it is just instinctual in us to just we're so flawed we are we are very flawed yeah not yet not us yeah for sure i mean p- humanity in general uh-huh. we're great we're perfect <laughs> no, we're kidding. absolutely perfect we finally did it jess and this is this a great episode, episode. And oh this only what a blast yeah tip of the iceberg tip of the i was gonna say tip of the iceberg you know we're gonna talk about aliens more they're fascinating and you love it yeah. This episode wouldn't have been possible without our writer, Shannon, who oh, Shannon. did a big lift on this one. So thank yes. you, Shannon. Thank you so much, Shannon. So much good info here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, make make sure to, we're, we're on TikTok. We are up in our TikTok Ooh, and uh, Instagram reel game. So please check us out at 30 Morbid Minutes. Share them mm-hmm. with your friends if they're interested in this kind of stuff. And we always have cute new merch in the Rooster Teeth store, store.roosterteeth. Dot com. So if you want to directly support us at 30 More Minutes, Rooster Teeth First Membership is the perfect way to support us. It goes directly to us. It helps us make the show. It helps us keep making the show. Yeah, I would say it's the closest thing we have to like a Patreon. Yes. Basically. Yes. And then you also get all kinds of content that you would find on the Rooster Teeth website. So different shows, series, other podcasts. Mm-hmm. And we get some perks. So if you're a member, you get some fun perks from the from us, the uh, 30 More Minutes team. 
And December 1st through 3rd, you can buy more, save more on the Rooster Teeth site with all 30 Morbid Minutes merch and some other merch. If you listen to some other of our stuff, there's a lot of merch on there. Site-wide, so spend $90, save 40% with code SAVE40. Spend $60, save 30% with code SAVE30. And then last but not least, spend $30, save 20% with code SAVE20. Get, get, get yourself some. It's the holidays. Get some gifts for yourself and your friends and family. Jess, when the aliens come, you know what I'm going to say to them? What? Bad bye, aliens. Bad bye, aliens. <laughs> <laughs>